The Open Nesters podcast is a weekly podcast that explores new ways of living as our kids leave the nest. Now in season three, the podcast topics go deeper and wider in interviews with individuals, couples, and experts in areas ranging from relationships and families to adventure, spirituality, and sexuality. Welcome to the Open Nesters podcast. Aaliyah and Hayden, I'm going to let you fill in your last names because I only met Aaliyah kind of both of you as you were in transition because I knew Aaliyah's dad and all of a sudden you're in Florida and we met in a parking lot and I was just (laughs) mesmerized by your mission as you're going out in the world and you're both what I would call kids of this stage of life that our parents are releasing and you're here to give us some insights for as adult kids that are really developing your own paths so welcome. Thank you, Tessa. Yeah, I'm so glad. I'm so glad to be here with you. Quite a synchronistic meeting. So yeah. where are you both calling in from? Uh, Aliyah, why don't you tell us where you're calling in from and why? A little bit of your like two, three minute bio about where yes. you are and your parents, kind of where you left and all that stuff. Yes, of course. So I'm calling in from Lake Atitlan in Guatemala, where I'm living and working remotely for a period of time. I'm building my private psychotherapy practice, um, a licensed therapist in three states, California, Colorado, and Virginia. And it's been a really beautiful thing to be able to be doing digital work in some of the most beautiful places in the world. And so I'm calling in from there and there's so much in terms of our story, but Hayden and I for the last three years have been really tending uh, work and a community farm project, 15 person community farm in Colorado. Um, so Hayden is there kind of helping sow seeds for the next growing season while I'm here really as, uh, kind of strengthening and cultivating my private practice. Um, so we're a team in a lot of ways and able to do different things at different times as needed within the, the safety and the sanctuary of our love and of our partnership. And my, my mom actually visited me in Tulum maybe three weeks ago when I was in Mexico. And um, I'm excited to share more throughout the conversation about what a lifelong journey it has been with both of my parents to continue to tend and grow and cultivate our love and also the healing potential of intergenerational healing across the course of our lives, including after my differentiation and stepping out into the world. It's really been a catalyst for deeper levels of healing with both of my parents. Wow, that was one of the most beautiful introductions ever. So, and that's why you're that's why it's called Soul Rooted Healing Arts. And I love that you're so rooted. I mean, between the farming, which Hayden, you can also speak to, and how you guys came together and your background a little bit, please. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well, my name is Hayden, and thanks so much, Tessa, for for having us on the call. I really appreciate it. Um, Yeah, and I'm calling in from Durango, Colorado, where Ollie and I have been for the last three and a half years, but really have had connection and community for more like four or five years um, for me particularly. And, and yeah, um, we've, we've really been stewarding our vision here, you know, really tending to the earth, learning what it is to cultivate community, to cultivate connection to the land, to um, grow food for ourselves, to learn what it is to live in right relationship as closely as we can. Um, 
Yeah, and just explore everything that comes up in that in that process. And that's really a vision that's guiding us forward is how can we lean into new ways of being in the world, new ways of being within ourselves, new ways of being with each other in community and new ways of being in relationship with the earth. And and while I'm saying new, a lot of those ways of being are really rooted in ancient uh, traditional ways of being, kind of a remembrance process of what it is to be human in these times. And um, yeah, and I'm really thankful for the path that I've walked and excited to talk about my relationship with my parents and how it's been pivotal for for my life lessons and journeys and in this world. And um, yeah, so I'm really grateful to be here. And yeah, thanks for hosting this. So beautiful. The, 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 the level of, of peace that the two of you exude mm. in this chaotic world where I think a lot of people need grounding and understanding and community and love and 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 really deep connection is is what you're both talking about. So this makes me just really puts joy right in my heart. And I'm so happy to have you both here. So Alia, tell me about a little bit about your very different, I think, upbringing than Hayden as far as what you think you learned from your parents. And then, you know, Hayden can go back and forth. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. So my parents really did a beautiful job kind of saying a sacred no is how I understand it to some of the intergenerational and societal conditioning that they have been really impacted with in their own upbringing in their childhood. So they really intentionally removed us from a lot of the influences of, of media. And we didn't have a TV in our house growing up. We were really remote from my earliest years in the Blue Ridge Mountains in Virginia. I'm one of five kids. So there was a wild, explosive belonging and love that was interwoven into our relationships. We called ourselves like a tribe, a, a clan. We really had a sense of belonging to one another that has stayed with me and has been a real gift that I continue to meet the grief of our world as I've interfaced more and more and at different phases in my life with the lack of belonging and the, the lack of shared ways of understanding that we truly are one family, one kin as a planet um, with the more than human and the human others that have informed us and that make us up and that we're deeply interwoven with. Um, But my parents really helped be able to create a safe sanctuary in a lot of ways, even though there was chaos, and even though that meant actually sacrificing some financial stability, they really resourced us with a lot of other uh, resources and other capital forms of, of love and belonging and interconnection. And, and they have been on their own healing journeys and their own integration journeys and their own sort of striving to live their gifts into the world. And I've always felt incredibly supported and radically sort of seen in who I am and what it is that I can bring forward um, in a way that feels really authentic to me and has been such a gift. Like there has not been these scripts or these prescribed ways that I need to show up in the world at any stage in my development. There's been a real curiosity and sort of a collaborative listening, even when school at different times was like hard for me because of the mostly the peer and the cultural sort of milieu, just bringing up a lot of grief and even depression as a middle schooler, of like how people were treating each other, not as much Me, I have always been blessed with being respected generally by peers, but just the milieu of how others were treated really caused severe pain in my being. And my parents like 
were able to think with me, all right, what do you need? What would help you thrive and help me go to a small 36 person graduating class Quaker high school committed to social justice um, to help me have what I needed to be able to thrive. And so that collaborative listening, that real mutual support has been an incredible gift as well as their commitments to their own work and their own development has really been a model and example that we get to learn, we get to grow, we get to evolve on our own paths. And also together we get to celebrate and support each other with that as family and as like wider family. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. And we'll come back to you because, you know, that road is never perfect. And I do want to talk a little bit about things that could, you would suggest because we, you know, breakdown, sometimes we expect our parents to, for example, stay together. I know your parents are not. I know that yeah. that doesn't come with some level of, of, of really awakening for you. And so we yeah. all have those moments of, of there's no easy path. There's no easy path, yeah. but there is a true path that we can continue to open to. And so thank you for that that beginning. And and Hayden, how about your background, your family background? Yeah. Um, well, I grew up more in like a traditional American suburb, um, well, in Orange County. So I was privileged in in a lot of ways. And um, but yeah, I, I grew up Christian, traditional, conservative, um, going to church on Sundays, going to private school, um, playing sports and football and just really immersed in that world and that, and that life. And my parents divorced when I was two. So that's been a real kind of, yeah, I guess, um, overarching theme that's been present in my, in my whole upbringing, my whole life that has, that I've had to work through in a number of different ways and confront and face. And, you know, like my family system, there wasn't a lot of openness to discuss emotion or what's happening in the inner world. And it was kind of, everything was just sort of surface. How was your day? Good. You know, and that was just how it, how it flowed. And, and there came points in my life when, you know, like I was really overcome with, with deep grief and deep emotions and confusing of how to relate to that. And, you know, and in so many ways, like my, my parents have been super supportive of my life path and my transitions and what I've wanted to do. Um, it's, it's just been, it's been me discovering that internally, you know, my parents not necessarily creating the conditions to support me to really understand who I am on the deepest level, but in the process of understanding and coming to learn who I am on the deepest level, they've really showed up in deep support and like a willingness to listen in, in, even though at times like, um, you know, it's, it's really challenged their worldview, you know, it's challenged the the family system for me to question the norms and move in new ways and in different ways. And so that's been a really um, interesting process. Like my, my relationship with my family has evolved and shifted and changed so much just as I have. And really grateful for how I grew up, really grateful for the structure that I was given um, and that I get to weave that in now in, into new ways of being, that I don't have to just continue to replicate what has been. And that feels liberating and uh, and integrative. And um, yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm here for the journey and here for the ride. And um, 
yeah, that's that's kind and, of. And so during some of those breakdowns, if it started early, I'll just start with you. I mean, how many how did you find support for that? And um, I mean, first of all, how many kids in your family? Also, I didn't ask you. Yeah. So I had uh, two older sisters and two older stepsisters that were the same age as my two older sisters. So um, I and I and they were part of my life since I was three or four. So it's it, basically growing up, I considered myself to have four sisters. We all lived. My 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 dad and my stepmom lived you know, just, just like a mile, two miles down the road, um, for most of my childhood upbringing. So I bounced between, between homes every other weekend. And, you know, for me, it was, it was like confronting the breakdown of, of these stories that I had just inherited, you know, it was like the men in my family played football, you know? And so I like pursued this football path so fully. And I went to college to play football and, but there are moments in in that path of just like confronting this life path and this story and feeling in my body the pain that I was carrying. And I didn't really actually want to continue to play this sport, but I had no construct of like a, a different identity that I could take on. And, you know, it was just like going into business was just kind of what, you know, the men did in the family. And it wasn't like I was told to do these things. It was just like, that's where the energy flowed in our family system. And so that's just where I was headed. And when I was confronting the reality that this didn't work for my body, like physically, I was like sick and and ill and emotionally, you know, like I was distraught and had anxiety. And I, I, I had a few like early on, um, late high school, early college, um, anxiety attacks and breakdowns and like ended up in the hospital. And like, I couldn't, I didn't know, I didn't have the, the skills to actually communicate what was happening in my inner world. I was just overwhelmed with this sense of who am I and what do I, what am I doing and, and why? And, and so that, you know, like, um, I think was challenging and and threatening, but you know, it's, it's also fascinating in this process. My, my relationship, particularly with my mom is, has just incredibly deepened, you know, she actually experienced the same things, you know, panic attacks and anxieties and was witnessing me going through it and was witnessing me like start to ask these questions and, you know, try new things. And she was really like, stepped into being just an ally. And that was like the biggest help of just like listening to me, you know, um, it just express just raw emotion and just being able to receive that without having to take it all on herself, which I've really respected in her, you know, she's like changing at her own pace and she's not taking everything on that I'm doing, but she's also just holding this. She's been holding this just pure open hearted space. Um, when she started to witness that I was really like struggling in these ways and I couldn't just continue with the norm. So many beautiful points of allyship from your parents that I, I'm so proud and happy to that we started with, even mm -hmm. through the hardship. So, you know, as a man, I think you just brought up such a juxtaposition in this world yeah. of of how men have that expectation of performance. And then even that even a violent sport, which, of course, you know, is an American sport. And I'm not trying to make a judgment about that. But I do feel like when someone senses their own being mm -hmm. shifting they yep. need allyship and yep. it could probably have taken a while. I mean, is there any way that you would say to a young man out there now or to a parent that's going through that with a, with their son, how mm -hmm. that might be helpful? And I think I, I know that because 
Alia is also working as a psychotherapist. We could also lend some discussion to that as right. well and back to yourself. But I'd like to take you a little further with that. What would you suggest for other people if, if yeah. you're feeling that or for parents that are having that going through that? Totally. Well, just like honoring the difficulty and the pain of it, right? And and that it's challenging when we confront these stories of uh, identity, you know, that are breaking down and no longer working. And um, to to just trust, you know, I think that was the biggest thing, like trust and have grace, you know, grace with yourself, grace with others and um, trust in the process and really listen. And I think that's the big thing that, that I have learned in this process is like, listen to what the body wants to say, you know, listen to what the emotions want to say, and then just take the next step, you know? And for me, it was like, stepping out of my comfort zone, you know, like go into the yoga class or just like, oh, I'm interested in meditation. I'm just going to try this, this thing. And that, that eventually led to me just like building up more and more confidence of just like, okay, when I take that step, when I actually listen and I sit with that pain, I have grace with myself and I like, ah, I try to breathe through it. And then it invites something, you know, like, oh, something crosses my path, you know, as an invitation or an opportunity to like be brave and courageous to take the step to lean into what's being invited and then to witness how, you know, life reflects back like such beauty and affirmation. And even in the pain, like I just remember so many beautiful moments, right? Where just like suddenly being seen by a stranger, you know, or like meeting someone who suddenly got me. And it's like, those moments like kept me going. And the only way that I would have had those moments is by being courageous to listen and to like take that step with it it within faith and in trust that life wants to support our healing, you know, that life wants to bring towards us what can really help us on our journey. Oh, amen. Um, beautiful. And you just in South America, Colombia, they told me, ah, Aho ho to all of these relationships with ourselves and the world and each other. Thank you. Yeah. So, Aliyah, how about you about any breakdowns that you feel like could offer hope for someone who's gone through? And then we'll talk about how you guys came together and other suggestions. But mm-hmm. anything that you yeah. want to feature and highlight about your journey? Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, in terms of my relationship with my parents, you mentioned, Tessa, the my parents' separation after 28 years of marriage and partnership and how that was, that was in my early 20s. Um, I was in college at the time and it really called into question so many of the stories that I had created, we had created as a family about who we were and, and what we were all about and that we were in this together and in this together forever. And this sense of actually needing to look differently at my childhood and recognize actually some of the dynamics or some of the themes that were there that weren't just perfect, that weren't just romanticized, that weren't just idyllic, that there was my, my parents had their own relational journey throughout that time. And, and for me, I hadn't been as comfortable with anger. I think, especially as a female bodied person, as a deeply loving person, I tend to move more towards grief and sadness um, in the face of hardship and and I, I do have some access to righteous anger in the face of injustices or in face of ecological harm. But in terms of personal relationships, that separation was actually a catalyst for me to feel anger at a different level than I had felt it before. And 
particularly um, in that case towards my father because he was more of the initiator of the separation. Um, and to actually feel like some sense of that betrayal of the story or the narrative of what I had known and to be able to like know on some level it was okay for me to even feel that and even to be able to express like I have a, a moment that comes in my, into mind maybe because I, I wrote a poem about it afterwards where my dad and I are in the kitchen and I'm just upset and I'm angry and I'm like how could you you know do this regardless of anything like how could you make this choice to change everything for us? And, 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 and even in that moment, I tell him, I'm like, I know one day I'm going to get it. And I know I'm going to be able to see that you get to be your own person too. You're not just my father. You're not just our father, but in this moment, I'm speaking from the child in me. That's very upset. And that this is causing a lot of rupture and, disorientation to what I previously known have known and I want to be able to be upset right now and just my dad's ability to like breathe through that and in his way which he's incredibly capacity at, hold that too as like I'm glad to know like I I understand like why you would feel this way like I want to know what's real for you this doesn't have to separate us your anger can be a cause for even deeper, truthful, authentic knowing of each other. And I like, I know that there will be a time where we hold this differently, but I'm right here with you in how you're holding this right now. And just to be able to be met, even in the emotions that are less comfortable to be met in has been a real gift of my parents throughout our lives. And I think just something that I really would encourage any, any parent out there and any child and youth and young adult who's going through a process like trying to bring what's real as much as is available or welcomed into the relationship with our parents as Hayden was saying it's a real invitation that's mutually beneficial to grow relationships that actually can stand the test of time and can grow together in new ways and and we get to teach each other that from both sides you know it's not just parent to child, especially as we're stepping into our adulthood, I really feel it's so important to actually claim our right to, to have those interchanges of, of wisdom and of invitation on both sides. And I see it as very important to actually be able to help be like a collaborative, co-creative partner of the relationships I want and I need with my parents at mm. this phase of my life. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, oh, so beautiful. So the gr so grief, I think within grief, when we go through a transition and let go, we also hold all those emotions, you know, mm -hmm. anger and sadness, all the levels of grief, right? So, the, yes. so be able to express them because we're mourning the fact that our lives are always in transition. And I know also, Hayden, you've done some spiritual work, especially with, I don't know if you're in divinity school now, but I mean, you know, the, the approach to how you guys came together and looking at it from that spiritual place, I'd be curious if each of you want to contribute to that and that coming together. Yeah, absolutely. And I think just like saying one more piece about this, and I we can probably circle around it, but, you know, it's really coming to, to mind as Ali was speaking, just like how much change has been happening in our world in, in just our generation, right? And the spaces and the gaps of of our realities are probably bigger than ever between the older generations and the younger generations. It's just the context of how we're being born, the world that we exist in. And I think that that, 
you know, that inherently creates struggle. Like we, we just have grown up in different worlds. And I think like one of the things I just would want to name with that is a recognition of that, right? That these are different times, radically different times. And the precedent of like how fast things are changing is so unique to this particular moment. And so it makes a lot of sense that there would be these big challenges and struggles to communicate like what is real for us as youngers and what's real for for the olders you know and to 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 build a bridge and i think like just being okay with the difference you know it's one of the things that was coming to mind that like holding space for the different realities is like such a a powerful practice right that it doesn't have we don't have to fully understand the other in order to relate to the other and i think they just wanted to throw that out there as just like an invitation you know just to to hold those that reality of the context that we're existing in you know well, we need that more for not just for intergeneration but in these right. divisive times like Exactly. other like you come from a conservative background and you're still holding the space for someone to have another way of being and thinking and if we can respect that and 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 maybe grieve the loss of innocence that we can believe all is one thing totally. you know we can all be one in a way that we can at least love and, and connect right. but it doesn't yeah. have to be on every level so exactly. thank you for bringing that to light and um and then Aliyah, how about how did you how did you guys meet i don't think i i heard that mm-hmm. i'd love to hear that story Yes, yes. So Hayden and I actually met at a a two-week vision quest ceremony, Vision Fast, which is a pan-cultural rite of passage ceremony. Um, We were both there and called to take part in this um, ceremony, which has deep roots across our our planet. For the majority of of human, human development, we've had these rites of passage to mark different developmental transitions, in this case, um, from adolescence or early adulthood into what, what we call the true North adulthood, a, a real like more of an initiated adulthood and recognized by an intergenerational council and community. And so the heart of that ceremony is actually four days. It can be three or four. In this case, it was four days fasting alone in the wilderness. Um, there's no other types of like um, psychoactive uh, substances. It's just fasting alone in the wilderness and communing deeply with oneself in the container of the earth and in the container of um, a preparatory, deep preparatory work um, and then deep integration work coming out of that. So Hayden and I both showed up having had our own full-fledged lives up until that point and having really let go a lot of um, some of those ways that we had been living our first adulthood lives. Um, I was a clinical social worker really involving community justice work in the Bay Area and working with youth and families um, who are experiencing systemic injustices and mental health challenges. And I was leaving that life and Hayden had his own life that he was leaving. And we were really just both claiming a deeper yes to something that was calling us forward, um, saying a deeper yes to our sovereign spiritual paths. And really the last thing we imagined was crossing paths with another human and um, stepping into a romantic partnership. And yet the land and the ceremony wove us deeply, deeply together. And it's a deep, full story with so much beautiful mythopoetics and um, details. But uh, really the short version is, is that we stepped back over the threshold together from this four day, four night fast. We entered back into the world together. We didn't really recognize then that we were being kind of born back into the world. It's almost like soul twins of some sort. And uh, we carried this vision that then we both shared our 
stories from the land um, back with this council and they were so interwoven and so thematically resonant that we recognized we were being gifted the opportunity to steward and walk this vision into the world side by side. And it was just an invitation we didn't need to take, but we were given the opportunity to, to walk that together. And we, we said a big, deep yes to that invitation. And that was um, 2018 and our process has been this deep cultivation of ourselves and the partnership and the vision to be able to imagine, dream, practice, learn how it is that we do justice to this, this uh, future world that's calling us forward, that we have a seed um, that we're carrying around how to support eco-cultural regenesis in, in ways that um, we can feel like aligned and inspired by and that we can give back and our lives can be a gift to the future generations in the process. So yeah, that's our, our encounter. I'd love to hear Hayden and invite you to share from your perspective anything more about Yeah, I guess I'll just add add a little bit to it. I mean it was just kind of a um <clears throat> one of those one of those moments, you know, where where life just really uh reveals itself to be an amazing magic and mystery and you know um loving world you know just both of us really leaning into our own individual paths and meeting there at that ceremony in that way and being so woven together synchronistically just like life weaving us and offering us a vision like putting a placing a vision really right between us that each of us in our own unique way was like feel we felt destined to serve and like that we had found another on the path that was, you know, it was kind of the sense that like we, we were walking these meandering passes committed to, to walking our journey and they, they just met and, and aligned. And we could see that the vision, the future that was pulling us forward was so woven together with each other. And, and, um, it just felt like so right to just fully lean in, even though it was surprising and shocking and, um, and all of that, it was, it was, it felt, it felt right. It felt good. And so, yeah. I mean, if you could see, first of all, I, um, don't have words because, and I feel like I need to take a deep breath with you, which I often do at the beginning with contemplative people like you and I didn't. So I want to just take a big breath into what you both expressed. Thank you. Thank you so much. If you could see there on Zoom the way they even look at each other because they're not together, it was so precious. It just, it just, just melts my heart with the way love is supposed to be, and and I and I, so that invitation that you're giving each other and opening your worlds for to, for people to hear, feels to me so resonant and beautiful. And thank you. so I guess the the bigger thing I guess what I'd love to, not even bigger. There's nothing bigger than that more detailed pieces of what you could offer as suggestions for for living, even if you're having to redefine the way you're living and, and accept surprise when it comes to you as you're older and kind of be able to even now be a part and be okay with that. Like, how are you interweaving your life journey so that you could look at your future as individuation people that are also individuated people who are also really bringing this beautiful vision of life together. Thank you. Well, one thing that we did very, very early on was just creating clear partnership agreements. I think we both were really wanting to make sure that we weren't going to abandon ourselves and our sovereignty 
in the field of love that is here that can feel so good and so safe and so secure to kind of fall into more of an enmeshment or just a merging. And so our partnership agreements, that first version, we've updated them at different times along our journey, was really just like a clear understanding that this partnership is in service to our deepest sovereign soul paths. And in turn, too, that these sovereign soul paths are in deep uh, commitment to the health and the well-being of the partnership. And and so that's like we really understand this sort of the evolutionary nature of what partnership can be and that there's a breathing process in that at times we've needed to just pause and notice if we're more in that deep kind of immersion enmeshment phase and just like look and notice what might be ours to do that's more differentiated or sovereign and do that and it's always been incredibly catalytic and then to weave back together um, in a way that tends the shared field and that's like on the micro scale and also on the macro um, scale like us being in different places right now and yet that not being a threat to the partnership because it's woven into what we understand this partnership to be in support of and Hayden felt called to continue on with the continuity of our work and our project. And I felt like my work was here to stabilize my private practice. And it was so clear within that those agreements that that doesn't need to be a threat to our love and to this commitment. And and so it's been a really like beautiful process. And again and again in our in our dynamic in our world, often we find that what is really evolutionary on our edge is often a complementary, different piece of the same um, moment. And so actually getting really clear about what that is and giving each other permission to do that. If that's at times, you know, Hayden noticing, wow, there's so much conditioning in me as the male-bodied person and the partner to take up certain amount of space in this in this field and actually my edge is to hold that sacred masculine space for you and to honor that for you and to invite you in into a deeper level of your own healing your development as someone who holds a lot of space for other people and for me feeling like wow it's so my edge and to receive that support to let myself be centered to let myself be loved and to let myself have a voice and a process within this partnership so being able to really get explicit and clear and conscious of what is the like the usual pattern here and how can we actually honor that oftentimes, at least for us, and I think often when there's evolutionary-minded people, that, that edge and that growth edge can be beautifully complementary in the process and in the moment that finds us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> yeah. What, yes. Yeah. Big yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was just so beautifully said, <laughs> Alian. Yeah, thank you for that. And just really echo and affirm a lot of a lot of what you already said in in naming that and you know for me like listening you know deeply just for me my 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 body really is what speaks to me you know when i have disconnected from my own inner voice and my own individuated self like my body will respond in some way and that can be mysterious and difficult and challenging at times but you know, just learning to breathe with that and learning how to communicate uh, my experience and our experience together, even if it's unclear what it is and just like, okay, like I'm feeling, you know, at times it's just like, I'm feeling 
you know, like anxious or my body is like not feeling well. And, you know, and then it's like, okay, I need to take some space, you know, I need to take some space to be with myself and be with my own process to get clear. And like, and it's part of these agreements that I think we've, we've structured of really committing to ourselves, you know, first and foremost, like that we are walking our most authentic, truest path to like serve this moment in the deepest way that we can. And that like, we are, um, choosing to support each other in that process and recognizing that together we can do so much more than we can on our own. But if we lose ourselves in the process, then we lose that, that, that sense that we are really truly serving ourselves along the way as well. And so it is a process, you know, and having grace in it, you know, and being able to listen, being able to hold space for the messiness as it comes up, and then just like take the next step that feels right and come back to those shared agreements. And um, I'm really just like, it, I'm just continuously humbled by what it is to be in relationship and what it can afford and the doors that it can open and depths of healing and growth that are possible in it. If we commit to process over end result, right? This, uh, like imagining that some, some pure perfected relationship that you need to arrive at, you know, it is, 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 is such a hindrance to the actual process of becoming the process of growing into more maturity of cultivating more wisdom is in the messiness and is in the willingness to be in the messiness um, in our own selves in our own bodies but also between us relationally as well and um and so these times we've found just our natural rhythm and cadence now that we've had you know um several I think three different times of extended time apart, you know, two months about apart. And um, as like a really mutually beneficial, like, yes, saying like, okay, Ali has got her work, you know, whether that's her writing project or her, you know, private practice. And I've got my work. And sometimes that work is so aligned and together and we're right there next to each other. And we, we spend so much time together and we really work well together. And sometimes that work, takes us on a slightly meandering path and to really understand or recognize when it's when that invitation is offering itself and to step towards that invitation with courage you know and like that recentering back into i'm okay as just me and because i'm okay as just me i can say yes to this relationship i can bring my full self to this relationship to really support alia and serve the relationship and that's ultimately what like i deeply want to do right that's my desire is to be able to bring my fullness bring my wholeness to the relationship itself and um so that takes committing to that which which is a hard it is a hard journey okay you two are one of the most learning episodes for anyone forget just your age i mean this is so beautiful i love talking about relationships in this level of depth that you've you're already experiencing and it gives mm -hmm. us hope for the future so I, I don't have as much time to ask you about the future, except for what ways for you'll, maybe you'll just give me a one minute of each of what you see for yourselves individually and together each, um, mm. just sum up and then how we can reach either Aliyah for her work, um, or if you'd like to be reached Hayden. Um, so give me a little, I'll ask Aliyah to just yeah. give me literally like, what, right, are you, what are you going to do right. next? Next yes. few years. Well, we, we hold this vision and this, this possibility of helping so, these little hubs, these educational centers um, 
of Eco-Cultural Regenesis, which um, is related to our SEEDS project, which stands for the School for Ecocentric Evolution and Design Strategies, which is how do we learn together, how to be in right relationship with ourselves, our own individual healing and holding with each other in the process of communal development, group decision making, harm repair, and in relation ultimately to the ecologies that we serve and that we're a part of through permaculture and also nature-based reanimation processes that make the earth live through us. Now, how, how can people how can people read about it? Because yeah. you said a lot of words that I will not retain. Yeah, so how can people course, read about yeah, that, you for can example? Check out our website at jointheseeds.com or Instagram at jointheseeds um, to find out Join the join seeds. The, yeah, exactly. Okay. And then Soul Rooted Healing Arts is a holistic mental health counseling service that people can find me at. Yeah. Soul Rooted Healing Arts. Yeah. Alia, what's your last yes. name? You have do you have a Alia Stewart to say it? Silver. Stuart hyphen silver. Stuart yeah. Silver. So yes. And Hayden, how about you? About Absolutely. Um, well, really re- what's relevant right now is we're we're really looking for <clears throat> some land to take the learning that we've cultivated over the last, you know, almost four years that we've been in community developing the vision that Ali has been talking about. So we're looking to really root it um, in, into its next form. And that's a really exciting part of, of the vision right now. And we're kind of on that edge of really stepping into its next manifestation. And, you know, I do personal um, mentoring work, um, spiritual development work um, for, for men and women, um, but I primarily work with men, um, and that project is through uh, it's called Wild Visionary, wildvisionary.com, where if people want to reach me and get some support in that, I do basically nature, nature-based ceremony, um, nature-based mentoring to support deepened connection to one's inner self and one's inner knowing and, and then, you know, cultivating the courage to really take uh, the next courageous step in our lives that are in alignment with that. Um, so yeah, lots of exciting things happening and the future is beautiful, um, and bright down, down here as much as it is intense, you know, and, and challenging, I think on the macro level as well for, for all of us. Well, I, I mean, I feel like I've just absorbed all your, the beautiful vision and hope that you guys have, are creating, are in the process of becoming and giving us hope for. This podcast is available on all podcast platforms. To learn more about each episode and guest, please visit us at theopennesters.com. For questions or to be a guest on our podcast, email tessa at theopennesters.com. Mm-hmm.